Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean, the weekend edition, first with yesterday's news. I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Sunday and Saturday, because that's the weekend. Um, ISIS brides, how have they become our problem? James Comey, you might recognise the name. Uh, he joined Jack uh, Tame. You might recognise that name as well. Uh, Ishigua uh, is a uh, cricket commentator, and there's some cricket coming up, so Martin Devlin talked to her. And uh, Timura Morrison uh, talks about all things Star Wars with Francesca Rudkin at the end of the pod. But first up, Facebook versus Australia in the wake of Google versus Australia. Is it not kind of a relief to see a government stand up to them for a change? Sometimes the scrappy, arrogant Aussies annoy us. Sometimes I think, hell yeah. (laughs) One thing you can be sure of in this life is there's no such thing as a free lunch. Reliable news isn't free. It takes work and it takes resources. And as newsrooms around the world have been hollowed out and undermined, Facebook has grown stronger off their diminished outputs. If you value reliable information and you want an honest picture of the world, Facebook is not the place you should be going to in the first place. Facebook has hooped people into opinion ghettos. It has stoked their fears. It has contributed to the rise of conspiracy theories. And it's manipulated the weakest parts of our collective psychologies. Just one more red tick, one more like, one more notification. It's made us feel like it's serving us when really it's selling us. So I hope the Aussies hold strong, and I hope that other countries follow their lead. This is one of those stories that I thought I understood until I went to try and explain it to somebody else. And they said to me, but hang on, don't these news organisations use Facebook to publicise themselves and get people to go to their website and um, see their ads? And, And I went, oh, yeah, and then I didn't really know what I was talking about anymore. Maybe I just need to pay more attention to what's going on. Um, If we'd paid more attention to what's going on, would there be so many ISIS brides wanting to come back to New Zealand? There's a veritable flood of them, apparently. Do you think that there's a chance that Australia's um, removal of this woman's citizenship might actually be found to be illegal in some international tribunal? No. (laughs) Really? (laughs) No, the, the rule is that you can't make a person stateless. And that means that you can't remove their last passport, but you can remove one passport if they live with another. And so we've seen other countries do this as well. The problem is, is it ends up being a race to the bottom and it's whoever can act quickest. And then the last person left with the passport bears the responsibility. And the difficulty you've got here is that when you've got negotiations going on between two countries over how to deal with it, and then one country does the dirty on the other, that, that's where it's bad faith. So it's just going to, basically, from a pragmatic political point of view, it's bags not. Whoever says it first wins. Yes. And and so we can argue about the ethics and we can argue about the law. And there's a lot to argue about the ethics. But at the end of the day, if the person is left with one passport, that last country cannot make that person stateless. But if the person's got two passports, one country can act before the other one. So what do you think happens next in the case of this particular lady and her children? I think we've, and ironically, we've got lucky in the sense that if the media reports are correct and Turkey's decided to deport her and her children, then it's saved us the anguish of a very difficult debate about going over for a voluntary repatriation. 
where we would proactively go and get her and her kids. Do we have we established who's actually paying for the airfare? They're not flying business class, are they? These are the hard questions Glenn ZB would be asking if he was in charge. So, you know, it's just as well he's not in charge. Uh, we're going to uh, go to James Comey. Uh, he used to be in charge of the FBI, I believe. We are now almost a month into the Biden presidency. In that time, how has the American experience changed, do you think? Well, the American experience is going through a turbulent time where we have millions of Americans who've been radicalized by being lied to. You saw the most obvious and painful manifestation of that radicalization on January 6th, but it's still with us. And a new president is trying to lead millions of Americans out of the fog and back to a reality-based engagement with their country. And that's a long journey. So I, I can't quite see the end at this point. But it's progress that we have somebody in the White House who is manifesting empathy and honesty and, and uh, competence. You are used to looking at America through a macro lens. You, you're used to considering your country through the big picture. Do you feel more optimistic than you did in, say, October of last year? Yes, I do. Because we got Donald Trump out of office and we've begun the process of steering, helping those millions of Americans that I keep talking about who are caught in a fog of lies, helping them find their way out of it. And that process has begun. I'm, I'm optimistic that we will get to a healthier place. We're America, so we'll always have the dysfunction and polarization, but we'll be in a healthier place two years, three years from now than we were in October. You know that um, company was only the seventh uh, head of the Federal Bureau of Investigation? Amazing that they've only had until him. You know, they'd only had six before. No, not amazing, not that interesting. Okay, let's move on then. Um, uh, Ishigur is a um cricket commentator. It's well, it's never really stopped being cricket season, uh, it's just continuing in our part of it, it's continuing a bit more. Um, just as well, we're um out of that whole level three thing, isn't it? Anyway. Uh, she talked to Martin Devlin. As a sports fan, on behalf of everyone that watches cricket, what you have brought is just, it's fantastic. The balance that you bring to that commentary team, I'm sure you get a lot of compliments like this. Your breadth and depth of knowledge, just just your, your general attitude and demeanour that you bring, it's just been fabulous. Oh, that's really kind of you. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a bit of a journey, um, and I just love what I do, and just love being able to commentate on the game um, to be able to stay in cricket after retiring and, and be involved in that capacity is, is just amazing in, in something that I never actually thought that I'd, I'd be able to do as well. I mean, I, I, I kind of landed an opportunity um, presenting in cricket um, firstly, and that kind of came out of the blue. Um, and again, just was completely hopeless at it, um, <laughs> but just really enjoyed the experience and then just kept getting opportunities with the commentary I, again I just never thought I'd be able to do it um, purely because I just didn't think I was good enough and yeah to be able to to get to this point now where I'm working alongside the likes of Gilly and Warney and and Junior and Binger and all these guys is just um, yeah it's pretty special. Uh, that's fascinating to hear because on this side of the microphone and if we're watching on the TV, you seem so natural with it. It just seems like you're just you're sort of almost born to do it. It, it comes easy to you. That's the impression that we get. 
Yeah, I mean, it certainly didn't start that way. Really? Don't we all commentate ourselves as kids when we're playing? Well, I, I know I did. Mind you, I've never really shut up about anything at all. Now that I think of it, I've commentated everything. So perhaps I'm not a great example. Uh, again, let's move on quickly to uh, Timmy Morrison. Morrison. Uh, if you enjoy The Mandalorian, you might have enjoyed him recently because he was in that and all those other Star Wars movies that they've made in the last few years. Quite a few of those too. Tell me about this film, Occupation. It was released at the cinemas. It became a huge hit on Netflix. It's back for round two and it is even more full on. It starts off... It may off... even be around three, but oh, anyway. Oh, goodness. Look, it starts off at full pace and it just never lets up. I think he got the help of Weta, the boys in Wellington, a big uh, came to his rescue. It's a young kind of company. They were known, they're known as Quirky Mama Productions. I was actually over in Australia, Gold Coast at the time, and I was doing a convention. And then I ran into Luke Spark and them somewhere. They did a meeting and they told me about this. At the time, it was a uh, pretty much, nothing much was going on in my life, I think. It was pretty quiet in New Zealand, so... Uh, I knew Aquaman was coming out, uh, so I it was on uh, this place, this little film, little independent, I guess. They're, uh, they're kind of new. They came out of wardrobe department, Luke Spark and them. So uh, I kind of like the guy, so I did Occupation 1. Now this is the second one. I was very surprised at their tenacity. They've managed to get it out again with a number of favours, so, uh, so good on him. I celebrate his... Uh, the fact that he got this made it was a bit of a struggle, that's for sure. But it, here we are. It looked, yeah. it looked like a heck of a lot of fun to make, Tim. Well, I try to have fun at the same time. Sometimes I do the movies because of the climate and uh, I get so <laughs> wet and rainy in those winter months in uh, Rotorua. <laughs> I like to get out of the rain. And uh, I thought I needed a little camera sharpening up. So one way to do this, I knew there was going to be quite a bit of action, get around the camera, get used to saying, hearing the word action and away you go again. And I knew I was going to Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman, I was more, uh, had a bit of a subdued role there. When things turned to custard, I grabbed Aqua Baby and hid in the cupboard and Nicole Kidman did all the action. But it was a nice way to say hello to Quirky Mama Productions. It gives me um, some hope that in humanity that there can still be a business called Quirky Mama Productions. I, I feel like that's something that should have been cancelled before it was even incorporated, but I'm glad it wasn't. Oh, probably still will be. Now that Tim Morrison's been talking about it on the radio, people will go, hang on, you can't call it that. Anyway, forget you heard it here. I'm Glenn ZB. Don't forget to come back for another News Talk ZB tomorrow.